It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Come on, you yellows. Flying high below the Wembley archway sky today. Welcome to the original, the Talker United Yellow Army podcast brought to you each week by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes of the Herald Express and Devon Live. We'll talk you through the latest news from Plainmore. We'll chat to the people making the news around the club. You can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, on Spotify and on iTunes. Welcome. It's a little bit of a hybrid podcast this week, so forgive me for the changes. It's just me, Guy Henderson, this week. Richard uh, Richard is poorly. Sorry to hear that, mate. Hope you get better soon. And uh, Dave has got trouble with the trusty Skoda, so he hasn't been on parade this morning either. So it's just me for the intro. Uh, what we will do on the podcast is in a few minutes' time, we'll go off and uh, eavesdrop on Gary Johnson's weekly press conference. And then after that, I'm chatting to Bob Cole, who is the co-vice chair of the Talkie United Supporters Trust. He's talking, uh, just as a Talkie fan, he's not talking on behalf of the Trust, but he's got some very interesting things to say about uh, the state of things at Plainmore. And so we'll chat to him in a little bit. We'll also talk about one or two things that uh, the Fifth Beetle, that Julian has been flagging up for us. And also I will nominate one goal that I saw recently at Plainmore that I think should be among the greatest goals of all time scored at our great stadium but we'll talk about that a little bit later on uh first of all as ever we'll go over and listen to the gaffer and i'll be back on the other side of gary johnson gaffer i suppose in some ways this uh, press call may replicate some of last week but can i ask begin by first of all just uh having your reflections on the maidstone game the league game last saturday a few days on that yeah i i feel the same as i felt after the game i mean i thought the 10 men did well, you know. They they kept the uh, kept us in the game. Um, Maidstone knew that they we were a man down, so you know they could try and get at us. But we actually created the best chances with ten men. Um, I was disappointed with the first twenty minutes. We didn't really adjust to their game quick enough, and then obviously we uh, you know, Marsh made his uh, slight misjudgment and uh, got himself sent off and then all of a sudden your backs are against the wall but I thought the lads worked very hard and you know we thank the ones that uh, appreciated that those lads did work hard because in, in, in I could tell how disappointing the dressing room was that we they, we, we let them score that um, that goal that was deflected 
anyway as well um, and didn't end up with a draw with 10 men for an hour so um, but it's uh, interesting that we play them again uh, we're looking forward to it that's for sure um, you know there were certain things we didn't think went quite went our way uh, from an official point of view but um, we'll learn from that and uh, and look forward to this fantastic competition that we all love in England, the FA Cup. Be great to uh, you know, get the positive fans in the stadium because the FA Cup, you know, we, we you could earn yourself a very good good game as we did uh, a year or two ago uh, last year, wasn't it? Um, against Derby, and uh, we could have an atmosphere like that again in the first round proper and beyond. Who knows? Do you know what I mean? You never know. So you have to put all your efforts into getting through to the next round. Um, and I'm sure that's what we're allowed to do. In many ways, it almost seems like a, a two-legged affair. Of course, both games are at home, though. Does that make it any more difficult or any easier at all in your preparations for it? It saves the travelling, I suppose. But, um, you know, if we can... Uh, I think if we had a choice, we'd rather be at home than, than travelling in this round, you know, when it's important to get to the first round proper. Um, and uh, what the home games can, can be made better by the support that most of our fans give us. And, uh, and we need to, you know, we need to get the club going in this. The FA Cup's all about momentum. And so if we can get a nice, bright, energetic uh, team and that brings on the bright, energetic, loud support, then um, the world's your oyster, as we say. I don't think I've said it for a little while. So, um, so I'm going to thank the ones that uh, are going to come to the game, um, pre-game, of course. Um, and hopefully we can get our football club looking like a, a force it it, uh, it was before the uh, the defeat the defeat of last week. When you're playing the same opponent two weeks running, um, when when you're looking at the preparations before the game itself, um, are there things that you're able to sort of focus on that? things that didn't go quite right, things that did go quite well, because like you said, with 10 men, actually your team still did create a lot of chances. There's certainly stuff to build on, isn't there? There is, and uh, you know, you, you, you learn a lot, of course. You, you do a lot of uh, watching of the game back, and I'm deciding that we're going to play with 10 men this week. <laughs> um, and, that, and then your tactics and everything, and obviously the opposition are going to do the same on you as well. And... Uh, we don't know what shape or team they're going to pick. They don't know what shape or team we're going to pick. So it's, it's still a question mark over it all. But uh, you just got to be ready. But you know what happens? You got the lads got to turn up on the day. You know they've turned up on a few occasions. We've had great home form uh, up until uh, you know, last week. I think well, we lost just a couple of league games at home, um, and and we want to keep that game. We want to. You know, keep playing more as a fortress if we can. Um, it's been impregnated a couple of times, but uh, it got us to third, fourth in the league, and we just dropped slightly because of that. Um, but this week, all our focus is 
is on the FA Cup and getting through to the next round. We are so close now to the first round proper, which is where the interest levels really do raise. Obviously, we've already touched upon last year's game against Derby County. Is it? Does it still? Do you feel the magic of the cup still when it comes to FA Cup weekends? Obviously, you've been through so many of those games yeah. in your career already. Yeah, it does to me. Um, it's like the individual, you know, season ticket holders sometimes don't come to FA Cup games. It's um, just a shame because we need them. They're, you know, they're, they're our loyal. Uh, supporters, so it'd be great if we we see you know, more more of them coming to the games, and we thank the ones that do. Um, but um, it, it's it's still exciting, and sometimes um, you have to earn your big games, and uh, and sometimes you get beat by smaller teams because you haven't thought of what might happen. And I've you know been in situations where we've we've gone quite a long way I mean at Cambridge as assistant manager we got through as a fourth division club and a third division club we got through to two quarter finals of the FA Cup we got beat by Arsenal 1-0 at Highbury uh, in one and Crystal Palace uh, 1-0 in the other these are the quarter finals for a fourth and third so although you don't think that far ahead but it is possible to, to get the, you know, the right draws along the way and, and you can get the momentum going in the FA Cup that keeps the league momentum going and so it's always important to uh, to enjoy the FA Cup days. And looking at the bigger picture I guess when it comes around to the first round draw if you can get there and, and just to without jumping too far ahead to look at the prize that is at stake it puts Talk United back in the limelight again isn't it being in that first round draw so it's, it's a massive prize this football club and we're going to need everyone behind us. Yeah, exactly and uh, I'm sure the right ones will be, you know, they always are and uh, you know, as I say we thank them for their loyal support, uh, those ones, but um, yeah, nothing's better than to be able one day to get the old, uh, one day this season get the flags, the old golden flags out again and um, and get the play more rocking again and uh, be great to see that, um, but you know, you, you have to start by winning these types of games to earn the right to get that big day at whatever round it is in the FA Cup. And in the FA Cup obviously you can have a bigger bench which of course means that you will need more personnel. Asa Hall made a return on, on Saturday which is obviously a big boost. How's he been in training since that um, cameo on Saturday? Yeah, he's, he's done well um, and uh, you know I'm not sure he's uh, ready for 90 minutes just yet but um, he will believe he is and uh, to get somebody with his experience who's had a lot of FA Cup exploits as well himself uh, it's great to have him have him back um, but you know we, we, we'll pick a team we I mean we've got you have seven subs but you can only use three um, so so long as you've got four subs on the bench three outfielders and a goalkeeper because sometimes clubs don't want to loan people out and cup time. Uh, sometimes you've got some niggly injuries that are better off in the gym recuperating sort of thing um, than just sitting on the bench as a number. So I try not to do that. But um, anyway, we'll, you know, we'll have enough. We've got players um, that are coming back from injury. Um, so they'll all get there 
opportunity at some stage and uh, when we get a full house uh, it'll be a miracle as all the clubs will say but a full house of players would be uh, I mean the players in the team a full house yeah but the supporters would be greater <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about the team um, then that would be great then we'll see that we've got enough competition we've got enough um, people that we can uh, play if somebody's got a slight knock uh, sometimes you have to play people with a slight knock but I'm happy with our situation and with our squad so um, that's the uh, important thing for me and I think we've got enough to compete at, in both competitions all three competitions um, Gary, does the modern day player get as excited about the FA Cup as you do? I don't know. I hope so. Um, I think they do because I always remind them that every every big game goes out to more people. And then if you know, Torquay United get a reputation that they've got players there that, that are doing well, then it enhances the players' reputations, the club's reputation. But obviously the players can, you know, I don't want to lose anybody, but I've had players that have had big moves through doing well in big games because you're proving yourself and to other teams, if you like, higher teams, against a higher team, a big team, if you get through to that uh, that far. So, yeah, every, every game in the FA Cup is an opportunity for the club itself and for the player. And uh, I think they, if they bring out their best game, then... Uh, Football's a, uh, a great game to earn a very, very good living if uh, you put it in. How big a miss will Ross be, Marshall? Um, it'd be a loss because I think he's done well. I, I mean, he's absolutely gutted uh, with his situation. It was a misjudgment that he made himself. and For me, it was a penalty. Um, Mark done his job and ended up saving it, but we were down to 10 men. Um, great save, by the way. Um, so yeah, it, it, it'll be a loss, but uh, you know, I've got I've got people and you know, we'll cover that, and uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with what we're going to go into the game with. And when you lose to an opponent and then you play them again the, the following week, is it as simple as saying, well, you did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong? You just need to get these right, and you get the result, or is it a bit more complicated than that? <laughs> You're dealing with eleven human beings, or sixteen human beings, if you like, and. Uh, They'll all, if you say, look, you've done this wrong, they'll always go, yeah, yeah, I understand that, you're dead right. And, and that's the first thing you've got to get, that they agree with your criticism, if you like. But then they've got to go and produce what I'm thinking they can produce and what they've agreed that that's what they're going to produce. Do you know what I mean? But then you have 11 other humans that are trying to stop you doing that. <laughs> I've said that before. And um, and so it's, it's competitive and, and everything's relative. Everything, you know, I know people want us to win 10 nil every week at this level, but um, it, it doesn't happen because of the rel relativity. And uh, But, you know, we're, we're, we're still okay in the league, uh, doing, doing okay, and we've still got a good opportunity uh, with three quarters of the season to go. And we're still at this moment in time, as we speak, we're still in the FA Cup. So um, we know that we got some good players because we've seen it. Uh, it's just trying to prepare them right, get them ready mentally and physically. Go on, now go and do your job. Brilliant. Thank you, Gary. All right.
Let's just say one of the players who's catching the eye at the moment is Lewis Collins. He's playing, I think he's playing really well mm. through that midfield. What's behind the improvement in Lewis? Because you're obviously bringing something more out of Lewis this season. It's it's letting him. You know, I think he he believes in in his own head that he's a good player, and but he need he need he just need we needed to find a game the game for him. You know, he runs all day long. He's a fantastic athlete. Uh, he's got great ability. He's got everything. He's got all the tools. It, um, he just sometimes hammers when he needs a screwdriver. Do you know what I mean? And, but he and so he's still learning the game. He won't like me saying that because that's the, the, the way he is. He thinks he's ready made. Um, but he can be a, a top class player, and he, he's just got to get um, the right game at the right time because he's very good at driving at people. He's got a great shot on him. I mean, I know one of his shots hit the church steeple. Still going up, because he's still <laughs> travelling. Um, but um, he's, he's he's a very good player for us to have, and I know I can get the best out of him. Um, and he wants me to get the best out of him. That's that's the main thing. That's the big thing. So yeah, so he, I, I think he'll only get better. And your team's creating a lot of chances at the moment. Yeah. Even down to ten men, they created a lot of chances in yeah. the second half. Even in the opening seconds of the second half, that sharpness will come. Though, one of the sharpness is—is is, is that something that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, um, we do as much final third work as you need to do. But again, when you're out there, you know, Jarvis's header was a—you know—he done great to get there and just you know, missed the far post. You got. Bradley asked that you would have expected him the way he is to have tucked that one in where he just had the goalie at the beat and it went over the bar. Uh, Laps had two headers, but I wouldn't say Laps is you know your, your best header of a ball in the world. But he got in there, um, and uh, so that's good because if he gets in there, law of averages said says that he'll score eventually, which he has done. You know he's done well getting in there late and fast. So um, it's just it's on the day, isn't it? You know what I mean. It's on the day. We've, we've we've got good players. We can win the league. We can go further in the cup. It's just that 30, 90 minutes of a Saturday that it needs to come come together. And you must respect the opposition. You don't over respect them, which some people might concede me saying that from saying you've got to respect them, but you do because. Yeah, we, 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 even in the games we won, you couldn't say you know, that the, the teams are absolutely useless. You know what I mean? And uh, we've had to play well to, to win the game. And so you have to get that consistency. Good stuff. Interesting to hear Gary there talking about uh, the FA Cup, the, the enduring appeal of the FA Cup. And Lewis Collins, who knew he had a toolkit that he takes along with him to, to football? But interesting. I think Lewis Collins has been one of the success stories of the season so far. Uh, now, let's have a chat with Bob Cole. Bob, as I say, the co-vice chair of the Talking United Supporters Trust. But on this occasion, uh, he's talking just as Talking United fan, Bob Cole. Yeah, so I wanted to, wanted to make it clear that although I'm on the board of Tusk, um, I'm, these are, um, I mean, I'm speaking in personal capacity and these are my opinions and not necessarily shared by um, other board members. 
Because, I mean, since last Saturday's game, the uh, the 1-0 defeat at the hands of Maidstone, a lot has been said. I mean, again, the, the, the great beast of social media has been uh, has been kicked into life. But, uh, yeah. I mean, apart from the usual suspects on social media, there's been some very interesting debate about, uh, about Talk United and, and the phrase managed decline has been used a few times. Um, what do you think people mean by that, Bob? Well, I... I think the term managed decline comes from um, industry and economics. But I think um, in this context, what fans mean and what when I've used it, I, I've meant really that, um, that not enough is being invested um, in the club sufficiently um, to avoid us slipping down um, the football pyramid. And the problem with that is the worry is that... Um, if, but with a, with a club the size of Torquay and particularly a ground the size of Playmore, if you keep going down the pyramid, you're going to get to a point where um, the, it's unsustainable, you know, and you know the business um, will fold and will go into liquidation. So I think there's a, a genuine fear at the moment um, for the future of the club. Um, and I just think, you know, why why fans are worried. So um, I, th- I think we've been on a, I think fans can see that we've been on a downward trajectory um, since um, the playoff final at Ashton Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, now in, we're now in tier six, which is, you know, step two um, of the football pyramid. And, um, you know, we don't, well, I think a lot of people thought that when we were uh, relegated last season, that we would... Um, there would there would there would be an uptick. We would bounce back, um, and so fans weren't really worried. You know, this is a okay. This is a low, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna. We're gonna and it doesn't look like that. It doesn't. Look, if you see us playing, um, we don't look like that. If you if you remember when mm. um, if you remember when uh, we met at the uh, the 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 training session for uh, season ticket holders um you said to me are you optimistic for the uh for the coming season i said yeah i think all we've got to do is sort of match yeovil and go one better but the problem is we don't look anywhere near you know that i think that's a concern if i can just make a comparison um of how i think we should look in this league i would compare what we should look like in this league um, to Wrexham last season um, in the National League. They were a team to be feared. They, they did win every game, but they were a team to be feared. Um, they had players that uh, were obviously could obviously play um, two leagues above um, some of them. They had a large squad um, yeah. and it was depth. You know, we don't look anything like that. We don't look as if we can boss this league. We, but, you know, we're struggling, and I think that's the um, that's the worry. For but to, to become to become the Wrexham of National League South would take a lot of investment. I mean, Wrexham threw a massive amount of money at that last year. But yeah. Where would that investment come from? Do you think Gaming International should be dipping deep into their pockets again and and throwing some more money at this? Well, I think so. I mean. What what is the alternative? I mean, some fans are are saying, well, you know, it's Gary Johnson's fault because he's had the budget and blown it on players that um, 
you know, aren't up to mm. the standard. Um, I think I think we have some good players. We have some um, okay players, but I, for me, it's the the lack of depth um, in the squad. We should, you know, if we've got an injury, if if Aaron Jarvis, who's a brilliant player at this level, got injured. Who is there to who is there to step in? Well, there there, there wasn't an attacking player on the bench um, no. against Maidstone last week. No, and I think the other thing is, if you look at the bench, there's no one there really. I suppose there's no one there really that you think is going to come on and change the game. You, you, can get, you I mean, you hinted at it just now. Do you think that any other manager would be able to come in and get more of a tune out of the same squad? I mean, it, uh, or are Gary Johnson's hands tied? There's there's Gary ins and, and Gary outs. I'm not. I don't. I'm, I think that at this level, with um, a big enough budget and the right players, he should be able to get us out of this league. I'm not really a. Um, I'm a bit ambivalent at the moment about uh, the manager. Um, I just. Yeah. I think that, uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not a, I don't think it's a question, the problem isn't with the, the, the manager or the players. Uh, for me, the, it, you, I'm answering your question here, that I think that we should, yeah, there should be a bigger budget. He's got to be given. Um, we've got to have more players and better players if we're going to boss this league, if we're going to challenge Yeovil, because not to do so would, um, you know, to be in this league next season, um, I think we'll. Yeah. We're heading for trouble, really, because then we're in this league next season. Are we? Are we then heading for relegation next season? It's not out of the question. You know, we don't. No team has a right to. Um, no, I don't. To any, I, I, any any position in payment. You earn your right to be wherever you are. And if we're not earning our right. Um, we are going to find ourselves going down the pyramid. And as I say, um, you can only go so far down before um, you become unsustainable. I think that's the worry for fans. And at the moment, um, we're, we're at this level and, and not cutting it. We've talked there, Bob, about um, about this season, about next season. But in the long term, if, if if there is such a thing as a managed decline, what are the solutions to that? How how do you how do you turn this around and get Torquay facing the right way? Um. So I think well, I, th- I think before I answer that, I think I'd like to say um, sort of why I think this is happening. So. Um, I think well, why fans think it's happening. So the, there's the possibility that um, you know the owner is um, not putting enough in because um, you know putting less in, um, knowing that um, the club is um, uh, sort of contracting, getting you know the, play, the the playing budget isn't big enough to uh, compete, and it might it might be just to reduce costs and minimise losses. But of course, there's always the you know the um, the fact that when he acquired the club, he made um, you know a very plain that he wanted to build a um, a new stadium, and that um, that project, if you like, doesn't seem to be going to happen. There's no real, um, no possible. Well, doesn't seem to be um, any viable site within um, the bay for to build a stadium. So 
you sort of get the feeling that that um, that that project of his um, is now um, is, it isn't going to happen. So is he winding up? Um, is this his way of winding up this project? He's talking United project. I think that's a now that's something that occurs to me that I worry about. Um, no, so what could, what could Go on, no, I was going to say, I mean, fan ownership of clubs happens in other places. It happens overseas. I mean, do you think fan ownership of a club um, is a possible way forward? And how could that happen? So I'm on the test board and um, we have, um, and it's on our um, FAQs page, you know, in, in some detail of you know how we've planned and what we think. Um, but we don't see ourselves as um, going for wanting to buy the club. We see ourselves really as um, a safety net, um, you, you know, a, a solution of last resort. I mean, there's no, unfortunately, there's no club that's fan-owned um, in this country. I don't think so, anyway, that um, hasn't become fan-owned, that hasn't gone into administration. And that's the last thing we want. Mm. Um, so we are there is there if the worst was to happen but that's the as I say that's the last thing we want what you know um, Southend and Scunthorpe recently um, have found new owners and people people sort of say well um, you know without Gary without sorry without um, uh, Gaming International yeah Gaming International we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a club they did put the money in um you know that those they did keep they have kept the club afloat, but they bought the club. Who's to say that there aren't people out there, um, you know, given the chance, wouldn't want to buy Talk United, and that. Um, so I think, or I mean, the perfect, the perfect um, solution really would be to for Clark Osborne to realise the concern and the passion that fans have, and communicate with the fans and put more um, put more investment in. I mean, we don't, that's the problem, isn't it? Part, part of this problem is that um, there is no communication. We, you know, you and Tust and, you know, um, the press, and when we got relegated, um, we're all clamouring for um, the owner to say something um, at the end of last season. Eventually he did, but, you know, it's... Um, we don't get any proper sort of communication. In fact, if we, even if it was um, things we didn't want to hear, if, if we knew where we stood, I think it would end sort of speculation about things like, you know, managed decline and on social media. Mm. Because at the end of the day, the, the club, I mean, we're all wringing our hands this week, but we are still in a playoff place. We're still... As Gary's just said in his press conference, we're still in a decent position, but there is work to do behind the scenes, isn't there? It would help a lot um, if maybe the club was more open. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I say we do seem to be on a, a downward trajectory. If you look at the... Because I always think that, you know, a, a club, any club can have a bad season, maybe two, but over the long term, um, where clubs are going... Um, is down to the commitment and intentions of the owner. So, I mean, I would just like to see us. I think every fan would like to see us on like an upward trajectory. Um, 
maybe maybe it will turn around um, you know this Saturday but on last Saturday's performance you know it, um, you can't really see it and with the, the, the team at the moment um, despite having some uh, you know good players um, say so that it doesn't seem to be that there doesn't seem to be um, a big enough squad depth in the squad and enough good players to challenge Jovan, which is what we should be doing. I mean, you know, so we might end up being second, but, you know, I mean, I think being, what is it, we are 11th, um, you know, for a club of our aspirations and a club that is supposedly trying to get back into, you know, the Football League, um, 11th in the sixth tier, of the, the football pyramid um, isn't good enough. Bob Cole from the Talking United Supporters Trust. Thanks very much for joining me, Bob. Um, good, to, good to hear from you. Um, and we'll talk to you again Thanks later in the season. On, so good to have Bob along. Um, a bit of a different perspective on the way things are going at uh, Talkie right at the moment. I have been in touch with the club today um, to say it would be great to have somebody from the management of the football club along write a reply if you like just to hear what they think about the phrases like manage decline being bandied around uh, be interesting and i'll let you know how that uh, how that goes a few bits of housekeeping then before i let you go uh, julian has been keeping an eye on the national league as ever matt buse has signed for truro penalty king matt buse has signed for truro so we'll be seeing him on December the 30th, because our game at Belitho Park has been moved. It was New Year's Day. It's now December the 30th, and uh, that's probably because Argyle are at home on that day. They're at home to Watford on New Year's Day, and I imagine the uh, the police probably uh, are looking to um, to keep one game on each day. So Torquay will play Truro at Belitho Park on December the 30th. Argyle will play Watford at Home Park on New Year's Day. A few other bits and pieces to line up. Sinclair Armstrong has been offered a new contract by QPR. Apparently Manchester City, Crystal Palace and Celtic are after him. We know why, because we had Sinclair for a while. Uh, what a good player he is, but he's been offered a new contract by QPR. Luke Pearce, who went back to Southampton after a loan spell at Torquay, uh, has gone on loan straight away to Western Supermare, where he played the full 90 minutes last week and will almost certainly play against us at Western on October the 24th when we go up there. Tickets on sale for that one now. Tickets also on sale for our game at Taunton on November the 21st. They're quite small grounds these, so it might be an idea to snap up a ticket if you get the chance. Before I go, I want to nominate a goal, which I saw at Playmore recently, uh, for one of the greatest of all time. And that goal was Tom Lapsley's goal against Hungerford. The fourth goal in that 5-0 win over Hungerford. And the Tom Lapsley goal, I'm nominating. I mean, there are some great goals at Playmore over the years. You'll remember Unino Kane um, against Plymouth. You'll remember Derek Dawkins against Spurs. Matt Hockley with a half volley from the edge of the box that went into the roof of the net against Halifax. Uh, but Tom Lapsley's goal, I'll put up there. And here's the reason why. If you watch the highlights back on YouTube or on the club website, Tom Lapsley's shot, for a start, what was he doing there in the first place? Jack Stobbs had had a shot quite well saved by uh, Ryan Clark, not Ryland Clark, uh, and it, had been, it looked as if it was going to safety, but there was Tom Lapsley, tireless Tiger Tom Lapsley on the end of it, and his shot into the corner of the net, nutmegs, not just one defender, 
not just two defenders, but it goes through the legs of the goalkeeper as well. It's a croquet shot. It goes through all three of those hoops on the way into the corner of the net. And for that reason, and because it was great, I just want to nominate that as one of the greatest goals of all time at Playmore. Thanks for listening to this hybrid podcast, which is you'll have heard rather a lot of me and nowhere near enough of Richard or of David. Richard, hope you get better soon. David, hope that old car of yours is fixed soon. Um, I'll see you at Plainmore on Saturday for the Maidstone FA Cup game. And we'll be back with another podcast next week. And uh, oh, this is going to sound a bit odd as a solo, isn't it? But uh, come on, you yellow. Come on, you yellows. Flying high below the Wembley archway sky today. Come on, you yellows. Confer the pride, buckle up.